Hello, my name is Akeem Brown, and this is Akeem's Dream Show. You may be wondering what the hell this podcast is about, I'm still trying to figure it out. Well, all I know is when I got a lot of ideas in my 20s, I wrote them down. And in every episode, I'm going to try to unpack one of these ideas and theories, as well as interview people I find really fascinating. Ideas about the end of sobriety, suborbital travel, NFTs, salt and pepper, and really anything else that I find that tickles my fancy. So strap in for a fun ride, and I hope you learn something new. Let's take it up a notch. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Akeem's Dream Show. And today we're going to be talking about the carpenter. Lessons from my father. My dad, Dennis Brown, great man. He uh, taught me a lot about life um, in this short time I got to spend with him in the summers. And I still go see him whenever I can in Ottawa. Um, but, uh, you know, there's a thing about fatherhood that's interesting. You know, you can learn learn how to love from your mother, but you learn how to live and hunt from your father, you know, and I, I certainly did. I learned compassion from my mother, and I learned really, really real-life stuff from my father about how to survive and how to make it. Every father must make the hard decision. Should I befriend my child when they're a kid or when they're an adult? And my father decided to wait until my 20s before he befriended me. You know, right when I needed him as a young man, when I really needed him, when I really needed his support, he was there. He wasn't my friend when I was growing up. He was my dad. And it's a big difference. You know, your dad isn't supposed to be your friend when you're a boy because you have to be disciplined. But once you have that discipline, once you have that kind of foundation, then he can be your friend in your 20s. And he's the friend you want in your 20s. Where I think when you're a kid, your friend, the friend you want is your mom. So my dad was a carpenter. He's a general contractor. He worked hard every single day and he still busts his ass early in the morning until late at night. He just, his work ethic was incredible. And one summer in my late 20s, I asked to work with him for a month so I could, uh, you know, Trojan horse myself into his hip pocket and get a sense of his wisdom because my dad's incredibly wise. He only finished high school, but he served in the military and he's got a really good sense of raw sense of human nature. Like, unbelievable. Like, he can diagnose somebody really quick and understand who they're about and what drives them and what kind of motivates them. Like, he's he's second to none for that. I, I wanted to work with him for a month when I was in my late 20s and just kind of get an understanding of how he ticks and how he sees the world. And I learned so many things. I took so many lessons away, not just from that month, but just over the course of my life, what I've learned from him so so far. And I wanted to kind of compile all these lessons into one little episode for you guys because I think there's some value for you guys to take away. Most of the lessons I yield, uh, uh, you know, I took away from him were tough to embrace because he's blunt and he's to the point. Very much like a hammer that he would slap down hundreds of times a day. You know, his favorite superhero is Thor, so that's kind of all you need to know. Here's some of the things I learned from him during that month, and this is a guy who builds things for a living. He's a general contractor, carpenter. So he was a carpenter turned general contractor. And he goes into people's homes and they tell him what they want to do, kind of like Homes on Homes. And he helps them rebuild it. And he paints the picture and he's great with helping them dream and reimagine the space. And then he goes ahead and he does it. He demolishes it and builds it back up. Works with his hands. And he's practical. He's profound. And he has really funny things to say sometimes. And he's always And it's always truth. And it's always true. So in no particular order, here's some of the things that I learned from my dad. Lessons from my father. Number one, get a thick skin. 
get a thick skin, Akeem, he would always say. Because if people can affect you with their words, you're fucked. Sensitive, sensitivity always gets you fucked. If you can't take it and you can't handle criticism and, uh, you know, people saying bad things about you or uh, trying to give you advice, um, you're not going to make it in the world. You won't make it. You have to, to be able to take abuse and, you know, be able to just deflect it. Uh, be impervious. Number two, emotions fuck people up. So he'd always say, Akeem, when you're making a decision or you're trying to make a understand something or work through something, decompartmentalize it in the moment from your emotions. Because your emotions will tell you one thing, and then the real world, uh, whatever the, the situation is dictating, will tell you another thing. So do that. Number three is stand by what you say. Say what you mean. If you're going to say something, do it. Yeah, he'd say, he'd say, stand by what you say. And uh, he would always actually tell me that throughout my life. And I remember I did three years of school and I said I would always finish school when I left. And then I went back and finished it. And I, I knew a, the voice in the back of my head always said, Akeem, what did dad always say? Stand by what you say. Don't say stuff unless you're going to finish it. Finish what you start. That's huge. And if you have principles and you have something you believe in, uh, unless you want to be uh, a martyr or no, unless you want to be a hypocrite, don't just say stuff because you're going to be tested. If you get tested and you back down, you're violating your principles. So he always say, Akeem, stand by what you say. And imagine this all in a Jamaican accent, by the way. Number four, he said, Akeem, investigate your heritage. Know where you come from. You know, he'd always say, Akeem, I'm from Jamaica. Your mom is German, French. You're from Canada. But why don't, you, why don't you know a little bit about where you come from, man? The Jamaican heritage is important. He said, investigate that. Look into that. Because you don't know where, you can't know where you're going unless you know where you came from. You can't forget where you came from. So number four, investigate your heritage. And he said, number five, Akeem, the best way to get over someone is to get under someone else. <laughs> and uh, this is more for relationship stuff, but I would always cry. I'd always call my dad and be like, uh, dad, this chick, you know, she broke up with me and kind of sad about it. He's like, can you go find another one? He's like, the fastest way to get over somebody else is to get underneath of somebody else. So the best way to get over someone is to get under someone else. So he's like, can go ahead and take it. So I've always took that advice very seriously. Of course, number six is this too shall pass. And I think he stole that from the Lion King, but he'd always say that when I was like in a rut. He said, it's very biblical almost. He's like, Akeem, this too shall pass. You'll get over it. No problem. And that's true of life. Anything with life that happens that's bad, time heals all, right? Time tends to just make things go away. It's like a, like a news cycle. It just lasts about a week or a year or 10 years, but eventually things get better. I think that's incredibly wise. But I think that uh, the guy, the monkey from Lion King, um, Rafiki, <laughs> hit uh, Simba in the head. He's like, ah, oh, Rafiki, why'd you do that? And he goes, and Rafiki goes, it doesn't matter. It's in the past. Number seven, I was in an intersect. I was in a car with him one time. We were at an intersection and there was a sun peeking through the clouds. And I'm like, oh, look at that sun. And I was like, after, this is after a week of me complaining about something. And he goes, Akeem, see, you see the sun at this intersection is really busy. It's a lot of traffic and stuff. He's like, why don't you see the sun in every intersection of life? Every stop you're at, look for the sun. Look for the bright, look for the silver lining, right? Always look for the positive. That's what that means. Number eight, 
always think through a smart way to do a task. And this is his carpenter construction side coming out. Because I'd always do something. He'd say, Kim, uh, go and to cut this. Or go take all the nails out of that deck. Or go lift this drywall. And I'd do it and I'd do it. I wouldn't think about it. I would just do like blunt force, just try to do it the hard way. And he'd watch me for a bit and he'd be like, Kim, you want to know a smart way to do that? He's like, before you do anything, think about the best way or the best tool that could help you do that thing. And then he would say, oh, this is how you should unscrew the deck. Or this is, how you should, uh, this is how you should lift this out. Or this is how you should attack this problem. So high level strategy should be implemented before you do a task. So you don't waste your time and you don't waste your energy. It's an incredibly valuable thing he taught me. Number nine, keep your phone on. <laughs> so this one's kind of funny, but you know, he'd always call me during the day and it was something important. If someone's trying to call you and reach you, they, it's probably a quick burst of information they need to get a hold of you, a hold of you for. But if you can't be accessible, then you're not useful to anybody. In, in the NFL and football circles, they say the best ability is availability. So if you're not available for somebody, you can't be of any use to them. And he used to hammer this to me. Be like, Akeem, if people can't reach you, you can't be, you, you're not useful to them. And they'll find somebody else who can do the exact same thing. Number 10, don't outreach your grasp. So I think that was uh, the pragmatic side of him saying, don't overshoot what you can do in a day. You know, because you'll, uh, you'll skip things and you'll, you'll, you'll skip over things and you'll go through things too fast and you'll, the job, the quality of the job will decrease. I think he, that's what he meant by that one. Number 11, be, t be tough and know how to take a hit. And this kind of goes back to having a thick skin and, you know, standing what you buy, what you say and emotions. But being tough and knowing how to take a hit, that's so important because obviously, uh, you know, tough times don't last, don't last, tough people do. But on the other hand of that is you, you need to know that you can get through any situation and that there's nothing that can hit you that will take you out permanently. Almost like you have nine lives like a cat. You have to know that, that whatever is about to come your way, you can handle it. Number 12, keep your hands out of your pockets. So he used to say this to me on construction sites when I was standing around. He'd be like, Hakeem, and he'd throw something at me. And my hands were in my pockets so I couldn't react fast enough. And it would fall. And it was something that he wasn't important, it's like a piece of wood or something. But the principle was there, which was, was if, your hands aren't in your if your hands are in your pockets, you're not ready for life. Because if something comes your way, you you're not ready to catch it and uh you can play you can kind of extrapolate that metaphor however you like but the whole point is be ready and be at attention and one way to be at attention and be ready is keep your goddamn hands out of your pockets because if your hands are out of your pockets then your mind is out of your pockets if you catch what i'm pick if you're if you're picking up what i'm putting it down number 13 do cash jobs whenever possible so in his construction business, yeah, he would take on formal contracts and, you know, net 30 and all that kind of stuff and checks, but he'd also like to do cash. So he's like, Hey, whenever I can do a cash job, I'll do it because cash is good in the pocket. You know, you got to pat it a little bit. That's why a lot of people in the restaurant industry love the tips because cash is immediate. It's, it's fantastic. And it's really, really useful to have. But if you're waiting 30 days for money to come through, that's not always good. So you want to be, I think that what he was trying to say there was just try to be liquid. 
number 14, think before you speak. I mean, this is pretty elementary stuff. Everyone knows that. But it's amazing how many gaffes there are out there, especially in the political world, in the business world, in the whatever world, medical world now with COVID. People are just speaking out of pocket and speaking from their hip, but they're not really thinking through what they're about to say. They just say shit. But you need to think before you speak. Really think. You know, if someone says something, I've actually got really good at this over the years because I used to just say shit. I used to just speak and yell. But now I'm more I'm more quick to listen than I am to just react and respond. I'm more quick to just say, okay, what are process it, process, process like a computer does. And then say something, then respond. Have something intelligent to say instead of just crap. So that's that's very important. Think before you speak. And number 15, be smart, but not a smart ass. And this is something I'm still working through because my basic nature is to be sarcastic a lot of the time and to be a bit of a contrarian or to be a smart ass. But nobody likes a smart ass. Nobody likes a contrarian. Nobody likes a, you know, a smart aleck. You know, maybe you can sprinkle it in there, but don't be too, don't be too, too much of that, but do be smart. And what that means is if you're, if you have something intelligent to contribute, say it. And I think that's actually something some people struggle with where they might be the strong, the smartest person in the room and they might have something to say, or if they're in a boardroom or if they're in some kind of context like that, they may have the answer, but they're afraid to put their hands up. So there's two extremes to this. Be smart. So no one to say something. And if you have something to say, say it, but also don't be a smart ass. And don't just fly off the handle. 16. Remember your value. Remember your value. Um, so yeah, this is this is so important because a lot of times, especially in negotiations, people will try to grind you down and they'll try to uh, lower you down to your lowest denominator. And they do this because if they acknowledge your full value, they'll have to pay full price. And if you acknowledge your full value, you're going to ask for what you really want instead of what you don't. And I think this is so important to remember that if you remember how valuable you really are, you're never going to you're never going to screw yourself over in the context of a deal or a relationship or uh, anything you have to say, it, it, it's just going to, you're going to really, really contribute your full max potential and you're going to get what you deserve. That's what that's about. Remember your value. Remember everything you bring to the table. Sometimes I have to remember that, yeah, I have a lot to offer because some, because I think the world is trying to tell you that you're not worth much. Um, and then that will be, you know, reinforced by what you have if you do uh, an analysis of who you are. But if you really dig deep, you'll find that you have a lot of assets and a lot of things to offer. Number 17, the, the heart of conversations is observations and not questions. So I used to struggle with this. I used to think that the best conversationalists were the best, you know, people are asking questions. And that's somewhat true, but not 100% true. The best conversationalists are really good at observation. So I would say someone like Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, you might not like his comedy, but his form of observational humor, it's extremely conducive to conversation because they're all things that are universally uh, appealing and relatable. It's about being relatable, I guess, at the end of the day. That's what conversations are. But if you're asking a million questions, it feels more like an interview than it does a conversation. And he used to just teach me, like, be, be like, Akeem, don't be not Mr. 9,000 questions. Because I used to be Mr. 9,000 questions. And you may think that, that hasn't changed, but I'm working on it. And I'm working on just being more observational and being like, hey, like, that's an interesting thought. I never thought of that. Or that's an interesting thought. Um, I wonder why they do this. Or 
that's crazy that they do this. Like just making comments back and forth. That's how you play tennis in a conversation. Number 18, never hesitate to make memories. And this is just about having fun, living in the moment, playing, living. Life is to be lived. I watched a movie by Matthew McConaughey and he was explaining his beach bum persona. The movie's called Beach Bum and he's a stoner trying to write a, um, uh, a novel. And somebody asked Matthew McConaughey's character in the movie, hey, why, you know, how do you write this beautiful novel? And he goes, well, I'm not racing towards the red lights. And that just struck me as such a profound thing to say. Like how much of our society is about racing towards red lights, right? What is the point? You know, you're gonna stop eventually. Why don't you just enjoy the road? Travel at your own speed. Do your own thing. Look out the window. Have fun. Right? So if someone says, if you're out somewhere and you're doing something, and someone says, hey, do you want to go on an adventure or do you want to do X? Most people's default is to say, nah. But we got to say yes to more of those things. Don't grow old with no stories to tell. Okay? That's going to be the name of my book <laughs> when I grow up. Um, or maybe one of my books or something like that. But... Don't grow up with no stories to tell. Number 19, speak softly to ladies at the bar. And uh, this is just about being smooth and being suave. But he used to say, Akeem, because one time I was at with, with him at a pub. You know, I, was, uh, I was chopping down some shorties and I was talking to some girls and I was like, hey, how you doing? And I didn't realize my inside voice. This is my inside voice. He was listening. He was watching me like talk to these chicks. And he's like, and we're leaving. We're going home. And he's like, Akeem you shouldn't be yelling. He's like, did you realize how loud you were? I was like, no. He's like, girls don't like that. He's like, you know, speak softly. It will encourage them to lean in. It will encourage them to get closer to you. But if you're yelling at them, fuck, you're like putting up a sound barrier. I was like, hey, that's a good point. So to this day, and if I'm talking to somebody, it's a really loud place, or it doesn't even matter if it's not loud, if it's a cafe, I'll, I'll, I'll bring my voice down a little bit, make it smoother, like, like Barry White, and a little smooth, like, you know, hey, my late night, my late night FM DJ voice and encouraging to bring in so he's like always akeem speak softly to the ladies in the bar number 20 when you need things they own you and he used to say that to me all the time he's like akeem you need that girl she owns you you have no you have no hand you have no autonomy left you have no power because she has all the power because you need her anything you need it's like the movie fight club the things we own end up owning us it's the same principle here if you need something that bad, it will have too much power over you. And it's power you can't, you know, you can't deal with because now you're subject to it. You're, 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 you're a slave to it. He says, like, Akeem, never need things that bad. Never need anything that bad. Number 21, don't be on the fence. And what that says is don't be a fence sitter. That's another way of saying it. He's like, Akeem, don't be on the fence about that. It's like, be on it or be off it. Shit or get off the pot. Do what you say you're going to do or be on one side and get off. Strong opinions loosely held. If you're going to be on one side of the fence, be strong there. But if you hear something that makes you change your mind, then go ahead and change. But don't sit on the fence while you change. Be on one side of the fence or the other. I think that's very effective. Number 22, stop pondering the past and live in the present. I mean, this is, this is stuff that probably every parent's told them, but it's important because we tend to live in the past. One day I was on my phone with my dad and uh, I was like looking through old pictures. He's like, Keem, stop looking at the past. He's like, take pictures of the outside right now, but don't, he's like, you're looking at the past is gonna make you old, man. He's like, you're gonna be older than me one day. 
uh, I was like, okay, fuck it. Uh, so I, I try not to look at my photos from the from years past. It's really easy because it's on your iPhone now. We never used to have a catalog of our life from before 2007 when iPhones were around. We used to have we used to have photo photo books, right? Photo albums. But maybe look at that at Christmas time. Now we have a photo album on our phone. We can constantly check and remember about how shitty our past was. And he said, don't do that. Number 23. There is a huge difference. There is a huge, huge difference between can I win and I will win. And this is a question about permission versus taking. Are you going to take it? Are you going to take what's yours? Are you going to have the balls to take what's yours? Or are you going to ask for permission? Are you going to ask for it? Because there's a huge difference. Michael Jordan didn't ask if he could take over the league, didn't take over the sport. He took it. And my dad, I, one time I was like, I was like, I was playing sports one time. I was like, dad, like, they won't get me the, they won't give me the starting running back position. And he said, Akeem, I'm never, I'm never forget how strong he said this. He's like, Akeem, you got to take that position. That position is for you to take. It's not for you. It's not for you to ask for. He hadn't, didn't have to say anything else. And I think inside of two weeks, I was a starting running back for the, for the team I was playing for when I was like 21 in Edmonton. So I was, I, I, I just took it. And I think that's the most powerful thing for life. If there's something you really want, you have to go and take it. Carpe diem. Seize the fucking day. Because if you ask for shit, it will not... It, it, like, I mean, if you're asking for permission for shit and you're constantly waiting for other people, it will never happen for you. And he just reinforced that so strong for me. So that's a few lessons from my father. Great man. And I'm so grateful to have him. I, can ho I hope I can pass a sliver of the information from to my kids that my dad passed on to me because he was um like i said never went to university self-taught um and knew a lot about life no but i learned a lot from my father and i hope you learn a lot from him too in this episode today and until next time keep banging that hammer peace